Good morning. We've had a busy morning and we've enjoyed uh, praising God in a number of ways so far this morning. It's, uh, it's been a blessing to be here and to hear the, the testimonies, uh, to, uh, to enjoy the children singing and to celebrate uh, together around uh, the Lord's table. And so now as we uh, turn just for a few minutes here that we have remaining in our service this morning, I want us to turn our hearts and our minds to God's Word and have us uh, have God's Word speak to us now this morning. And as we open God's Word, let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for Your Word that teaches us and instructs us, Your Word that guides us. And Lord, we, uh, as we come to open Your Word here, we pray that You would open our hearts to uh, hear what You have to say to us today through your word. Lord, give us ears to hear uh, what you have to say. May we, have, uh, may we hear your word and may we understand what it has to say to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure we're all aware as we've been coming to church for the last few weeks that uh, we are in the time of Advent and we are reminded again this morning in the lighting of the Advent uh, candles here at church it reminds us of the coming of Jesus. That's what Advent means, of course, is that we, uh, uh, we, have, we, we remember the coming of Jesus, the Advent of, of Jesus. And the Advent season is one where we take time and we stop and we think about each week as we come up to Christmas, we think about some different aspect of the coming of Jesus. And so in the past weeks, we've talked about hope and we've talked about peace. And this week, I want us to take a few minutes and think about love. And it's so appropriate that uh, the, 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 the number that Nathan did, just speaking about love and the love of God that, ha- that moved Him to send His Son to come and to live on earth and be born a child. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas and that's what we're reminded of this week is the love of God. And how God shows His love to us in these different ways. And I want us to stop just for a few minutes this morning here and think about the ways that God loves us. And the way that He has shown His love for us. He he doesn't just show us His love in, in one way, but He has shown us His love to us in different ways. And so, we need to take time and just reflect on that. But first, we need to stop and think about and and just ask the question, first of all, what is love? You know, how uh, how do we define it? What do we think of when we think of the word love? That word is sometimes very difficult. To, to put into words, to define, to sit and say, well, this clearly is what love is. This is, this is love. And you could, you could give some sort of definition. And when you look in the dictionary, it talks about a strong affection toward or, or these sorts of things. But those definitions seem not really to be able to capture what that word actually means. And so love is a difficult thing to put into words. So, Often we, instead of talking about it in words, we think of, um, of, of well, well, what does it look like in a relationship? What does love look like 
uh, when, we, uh, when we have a relationship with someone and we say that we love them, what would that look like? Well, it, it could take all different kinds of forms. We could, it could uh, be the attitude that people have towards you. It could be things like, well, do they simply want to spend time with you? Do they want to be in your presence? Well, that's a, a, a signal. That's one of the, 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 the things you can say, well, yes, that person does really want to spend time with me. And that's a way that they can show their love for you. Do they do things for you? Do they say nice things about you? Do they support you and encourage you and all these sorts of things? Those are easier to define and easier to identify. And those are ways that we can see love. But as we stop and as we think about God's love for us on this Sunday of Advent, and this is what the, the, the coming of Jesus is all about. It's all about God's love. We can take some time here today and stop and think about how God shows His love for us. But first, let me just say, clearly and plainly, that the Bible teaches us that God loves us. There should be no debate about that. Sometimes we might wonder in our heart if God really loves us. When we go through difficult times, we might think that, well, has God's love left me? Has God forsaken me? What's happened? But the Bible over and over again and again affirms to us that God loves us no matter what's happening around us and no matter what's going on in our situation, God loves us. We cannot judge God's love by the situations that we're going through. That is not a demonstration of God's love. The life situations that we're facing is not a reflection of God's love. If we're going through difficult times, we cannot say, God doesn't love me anymore. That's why I'm going through difficult times. That's not the way it works. Psalm 23 says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thou art with me. God is with me. Even in those darkest, darkest times, God is with me and God loves me. Even in those times. And so we need to hang on to that and to hold on to that clearly that God loves us. This is a central core truth of Christian doctrine that we cannot lose uh, sight of. But we see God's love coming in some tangible forms. We see God's love coming and show, being shown to us in some ways. So let's, let's take a few minutes here and look at a few ways uh, that God shows us His love. The first way is that God loves us, so He sends us a Savior. And this is John 3.16 and it was a passage that read as we lit the candle this morning. Um, John 3.16-18. to 18. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Here is the ultimate demonstration of God's love for us. Here in John 3, uh, 16 to 18, in this passage that we just read. Here is the, 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 the strongest, the clearest demonstration of God's love for us. 
He sends His Son to come and die for us. And so here we see in this passage in John 3.16, He gives us lots of information about God loving us. And what does that look like? And how does that work? First of all, He gives the, the whole motivation or the whole reason behind God sending His Son to come to the world. It's because God loved the world. It's through God's love. That's God's motivating factor in sending His Son to die for us is that God loves us. If we ever doubt that God loves us, we go back and we look and we remind ourselves God sent His Son. The historical fact of the birth and life of Christ here on the world is proof of God's love for us. And so if we ever start to doubt, if we ever start to waver, does God really love me? We can say, did God really send His Son? And we say, yes, God sent His Son. That's a demonstration of His love. And that's the whole motivation, that's the whole reason behind God sending His Son is because He loves us. And He loves us by sending His Son, by giving up something that's a part of Him to come for us. And so God... Uh, shows His love for us in this. He demonstrates it. He gives us that proof that He loves us. He sends His Son. But there's part of it that, uh, that goes along with that that's, that's part of it's, uh, our part in that equation. Because in John 3.16, it also says that whoever believes in Him should not perish. So part of it is that we have to believe. It's not just enough that God sends His Son that's a demonstration of God's love for us for sure. But the whole point is that we would believe in His Son. And through that believing in Jesus, we have eternal life. That's the result of our part of the equation of our doing our bit. We believe in response to God's love. And that gives us eternal life. The, the other option in that uh, in that scenario is that we don't believe. And instead of eternal life, we're faced with death on, and we're faced with uh, eternal separation from God. And this was, was kind of a, a wild idea, really, um, that, that God would send His Son to come and die for us. And Paul himself wrestles with that, um, with that idea of Christ's coming and dying for us. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, Paul says, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And he says, Paul goes on to say, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. So Paul's saying it's crazy that someone would come and give their life for someone else. And, and this other person that they're giving their life for is not even, uh, is not even a, a, a good person. It's not even a righteous person. And yet, someone's going to come and die for that person. It, Paul's, it's a, it doesn't make sense. But it happened. And he says in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's love. That He sends His Son to come and live on earth and not just live, but to die here for our sins. 
It's a crazy idea that someone would do that, but God did that because He loves us so much. It's a crazy idea that someone would come and live on this world and die for a sinner. And it's even crazier to think that that one who died is a sinless person who deserves, does not deserve any death, does not is not carrying the burden of their own sin, but takes on the burden of our sins. It's a crazy, radical idea that God had to save us. But we appreciate it. And we respond in love to God because He loves us. The second thing we see that uh, speaks of God's love for us is that God loves us, so He sends a home builder. We have home builder groups here in this church, and God sends a home builder. And John chap- writes about this in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. In John 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Jesus and Jesus' disciples were bothered by the idea that Jesus was going to leave them. And he, he, Jesus had just finished telling His disciples, look, I'm, go- I'm going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to be here. And Jesus understands His disciples' concern and He says, don't let your hearts be troubled by this. So He's trying to reassure them. Uh, the, the, and, and the response to that is that he says, trust in God. Trust also in me. He says, Jesus is, is the one that you should trust in. Don't worry about me going. Just trust this is going to work out okay. And so Jesus then goes on and explains what's going to happen. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. And Jesus is painting a, a picture, a metaphor for, for, for heaven here. And he says, don't worry. I'm going ahead. I'm going to prepare a place for you. He says there's lots of rooms there. You don't have to worry about being the first one there. And if you're not the first one, if, you, if, if you're waiting too long, if you're at the end of the line, we might run out of room. He says, don't worry, there's lots of rooms there. Don't, don't panic about this, but I'm going ahead. And I'm going to prepare a place. And so Jesus uh, goes ahead and He prepares this place. He uses this image of a house to describe where He is going, and there's lots of rooms there, but it needs to be prepared. And so Jesus goes ahead to prepare a place in the house that's waiting for us. You know, when I think of preparing a place, when I was thinking of this, I, you know what, the image that came to my, my mind was of a, a bird building a nest. Preparing a place for the, 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 the young birds that will one day hatch. Or a mother cat that goes and prepares a place because she knows she's just about to give birth. Somehow she knows in her body she's going to do that. And she goes and she finds a corner and she gathers things around and she makes a place because she knows that something is coming. And so they prepare a safe place. And a place where the, 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 the children can be, uh, can be born. The children can come and have be safe and secure. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. He's going to prepare a place for us. This is how much God loves us. He came, but then He also goes. And He goes and He prepares a place for us. He wants 
the place to be ready for us. So God loves us so much, He sends a home builder to come and then to go back and prepare a home for us where He is waiting for us to come. It's interesting to think that God prepares a place for us ahead of our going there. And He describes it as a, as a home, a place in His Father's house. Because we don't really belong here. We don't feel 100% at home in this world. We always feel a little uneasy that somehow we just don't quite fit in here. And here, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16, the writer says, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for Him, for them. There's that idea that we don't feel really at home here. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through, if you know that song. We're looking forward to some place, this place that God has pre prepared for us. That's a demonstration of God's love, that He's gone ahead to prepare that place that's just right for us. But then John, in John 14, he goes on in John 14, verses 3-6, to uh, he tells us that, that Jesus is actually coming back. So Jesus came, He lived on earth, then He goes to prepare a place for, him, for us, but then look, He's coming back. Verse 3-6, to six, He says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I, was, where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answers, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lots of things there in that passage, but the one thing quickly to point out is that Jesus is coming back. Verse 3, I will come back and I will take you to that place. Even if, and and uh, <clears throat> he, Jesus knows, Jesus thinks that the, His disciples should know where that place is. And Jesus tells them, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas seems a bit dim here. Sometimes Jesus' disciples just uh, didn't seem to be quite with Him there. And Thomas is a bit dim. But Jesus knows. He says, that you know where I'm going. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. You know, as a, as a teacher, you know, you, you have those moments, don't you, where you ask the students a question. And I've had this. Where you ask the students a question. And you know they know the answer. And they all sit there with this blank look on their face. And it's like, guys, come on. You know the answer to this. This is something I've told you. This is something I've talked to you about already. Don't be so dim. But unfortunately, they, they are a little sometimes, and here Thomas is. But Jesus says, you know the place I'm going. But I think what's really important is that Jesus is coming back. So God continues to show His love by promising that Jesus is going to come back and show us the way to where we are to go. This reminded me of, when I was thinking about this so much, of, of the Zambian culture that we lived in for so many years. Because if you didn't know the way to where you were going, they wouldn't draw you a map. They wouldn't, the Zambians wouldn't draw you a map. They wouldn't tell you where they were, where, how to go. What they would do is they would come to you. And they would say, well, I know where you are, 
So let me come to your house and then we'll go together. And we'll travel that journey together because I want to make sure that you get to that place. My time, my priorities are less important than you getting to the right place. And so I'm going to come and I'm going to escort you to make sure you get to that right place. And it was amazing. I remember one time I was teaching at a Bible college and it was, it was, it was out, quite out of the way and I had quite a walk from my house. It was about a mile from the Bible college back to my house. And it was nighttime and the principal said, well, let me escort you. And I said, no, I think I can find the way. He said, no, no, I need to do that. He walked with me the whole way from his house to where I was staying and then he turned around and walked back home because he wanted to make sure that I got to the place where I was going. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's showing His love. He's saying, look, this is how much I love you. I'm going to come back for you and make sure you get to the place that I've prepared for you. Finally, we see that God loves us and our response should be that we love one another. In John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, this is our response, I think, to the idea that God loves us. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is the end. This is our response now. How do we respond to God's love shown to us? We love one another. We see God's love in sending His Son. We see God's love as His Son prepares a place. We see God's love as we know His Son is coming back for us. And what do we do about it? We love one another. That's our response as we show love to one another. We love each other. We love our neighbors. We love God. That's our response. And we need to stop and think about this at Christmas. In response to God loving us and sending His Son, how can I show love to others? How can I demonstrate God's love for me by doing something for someone else? And we've had some suggestions even here this morning of ways we can serve the downtown east side. But there's many other ways. You can come to the Christmas banquet on, on, uh, on Saturday night on the 19th and bring someone, bring a friend along with you who can... Uh, enjoy that fellowship with us. We don't send out too many Christmas cards anymore, but, but even something like that, just with a verse and a note to say, uh, to remind people of what Christmas is all about. We don't have to do it here uh, in BC very much, but in Ontario, the one way you showed love to your neighbor was you shoveled their sidewalk in front of their house. We don't, unfortunately, and I'm so glad to be here, I don't have to do that sort of demonstration of love anymore. But there's all sorts of ways that we need to stop and think about how we can show love for others around us as God shows His love to us through sending His Son. We share this love with family and friends, with co-workers, with our neighbors around us. So this should be a Christmas where we take time to remember God's love for us. But then we also turn and we put that into action. And we show love for others around us. As we remember Advent, the coming of Jesus, we remember that He loved us. That God loved us. And He sent His Son to die for us. And so let the God of love come and live in our lives. 
And let the coming of Christ, the advent of Christ, show outwardly in our lives to others around us. We show uh, Christmas by putting up lights and trees and decorations. And we've done that even in the church here. But how about we also show the love of Christ in our hearts to others around us? Show the love of Christ in our hearts through the deeds that we do here at Christmas. So we can step out of the box. Instead of doing the normal thing at Christmas, we can show God's love for others around us this week. Let God's love overflow from us and flow through us and out of us to those around us here at Christmas. This is a a wonderful season, a wonderful time of year when we take time to remember the coming of Christ and we remember the love of God shown to us through the coming of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your love shown to us through Your Son, Jesus, through sending Your Son, Jesus. Lord, help us to show that love to others around us. Help us to be people who would be uh, reflecting the love that we've experienced, your love that we've experienced in our life, may that be shown to others around us. Give us those opportunities. Give us that heart this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.